0: Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Dash Open podcast. Dash Open is your source for interesting conversations about open source and other technologies from the Open Source Program Office at Verizon Media, home to many leading brands, including Yahoo, AOL, Tumblr, TechCrunch, and many more. My name is Rosalie. And I'm on the open source team at Verizon Media. Today on the show, I'm so excited to chat with Neil McGovern. Neil is the executive director of the GNOME Foundation. Welcome to the podcast, Neil. Thanks for having me. Yes, so great to have you. So we are currently in Portland, Oregon at
1: OSCON. Uh, yeah, I've been to a couple of talks, which has been good. But mostly we have a, a booth in the expo hall. So we're, we're there meeting people and, and showing, off, uh, showing off GNOME and, and what we're doing with, the, with us as a project.
0: Very, very cool. So, before we get to GNOME, I want to <laughs> chat a bit about you and your involvement in open source because you've been involved in a lot of different initiatives for many years.
1: Absolutely. So, I guess I initially started with the Debian project. So, kind of around the time I went to university and then discovered free software and open source software there, and then had various roles throughout free software and open source. So, in in Debian for many years. I was the release manager for about six years, I believe, so doing three of those releases. Then I was the Debian project leader. I was a press secretary for a while, but I've I've been involved in other things like I've been on the board of software in the public interest uh, and things like that. So a wide variety of things all over free software and open source movements.
0: Do you remember what you first thought when you were kind of in college and kind of discovering this kind of thing called open source?
1: yeah so the, the first thing i actually did is i packaged a client for LiveJournal, which was the journaling software before everyone started calling them blogs so so we started doing that and it was it was really interesting to watch and to be able to essentially have i found a bug in there and then i was able to fix it and so the ability for someone to essentially control their own computing and, and, and being able to to influence things themselves is really, really attractive to me.
0: And how have you sort of seen the open source kind of landscape change over all these years? Because you've been involved for a while.
1: Yeah, I remember some of my my first DevConf which was the initial, which is the annual Debian conference. I think some of the early ones it have everyone essentially sleeping on a gym floor in sleeping bags and over the years it's it's kind of caught on in a lot more professional way. There's a lot of companies that are now actually engaging actively in in free software and in open source. Whereas before, it was a case that people would kind of see there's something over here and maybe in some ways try and have a person who deals with with open source stuff, but they didn't really get it and know it. And but we have seen this embracing of of open source software in, in commercials more widely, and that's. That's a good thing, but also it comes with challenges and we're still, I think, kind of learning how to interact with, with each other in terms of communities and organisations using things.
0: How do you sort of kind of grow a community? What are some things that you folks need to do in order to have a very healthy community?
1: So for us, um, I think the we have seen certainly a move recently to ensure that we have a really good diverse community as well. So. Traditionally, it has been very male-dominated, very Western-dominated, and so, for example, one of the things we we founded at GNOME is the outreach program for women, which is now Outreachy. So that that's a huge thing to try and ensure that we get minority groups involved with free software and, and open source software, and trying to make that a very friendly place that people can come. We're also seeing a lot of new tools that are uh, coming in, and so things like before we used to have essentially mailing lists and people had to like make patches and it became very hard to build software and now we're seeing, seeing things like we use GitLab internally at Gnome or, or GitHub and these are starting to come in Debian just to make it easier for people to contribute. So the developer experience and making it easy for people to come and help you is, is something that's, that's improved a lot I think certainly recently.
0: And for folks listening in who might not be familiar with Gnome, but they're hearing all these great things mm-hmm. that you're doing, what is Gnome?
1: So Gnome is a modern desktop environment that's easy to use, simple, and kind of just gets out your way and, and lets you do things. So if you're running Linux on the desktop, the chances are that the desktop that you're using is Gnome, and and that's what we, we do. So we're kind of the main default there. And there's others around as well that, that people can use, but... Um, Even those use a lot of our technologies and and a lot of things we've developed to to try and get a really good, simple, powerful desktop environment. So I'm I'm now employed as the executive director of the the foundation. And we're here to support the GNOME project and the projects that come under the foundation to kind of make sure that uh, they have the right level of support and can get people together to work on the project and, and move it forward. It is a fantastic community of all the people contributing. It's really warm, it's really welcoming, and that's been a a really impressive thing to see.
0: And as the executive director, what are some goals that you have for the foundation, You know, kind of looking forward?
1: We have various initiatives we're working on and and, and trying to increase, so we have a new version of GTK coming out, which is the graphical toolkit, which a lot of native applications are are built in. And that has some really interesting things, so we have um, concept of responsive apps so a the same as on a web page if you're viewing it on your desktop it flows the layout differently to when you have it on a phone and we have people like purism who are producing a free software open phone which is going to be running gnome software so there will actually be a gnome phone again which is exciting but we have other things like flatpak and flathub which is a way of containerizing for the desktop, that means that they run more securely and that also they run across all distributions. So producing a single target. So application developers can target a actual runtime and, and something that will work across all Linux distributions and then build up the more sort of the application ecosystem and the adoption of free software on the desktop.
0: And for folks listening in who are saying, okay, this is very interesting, where can they learn more? How can they get involved?
1: Yeah, so um, if you go to www.gnome.org slash get involved, then we have a newcomers initiative. So we have a load of documentation. There's a team of volunteers who look after newcomers as well, trying to get people to get involved and, and contribute. It's not just code and things like that as well. We're really, really interested in anyone who lights like right in documentation always awesome at graphics or translation so we we love designers people who can translate code or just interested in things like our engagement teams who run our social media accounts or things like that or or doing things like if you want to start up and do a podcast or report on stuff that's happening in in the Go community then anyone is always welcome to come and get involved with the project
0: and if someone's listening to this podcast and the concept of, you know, open source is still very new to them, mm-hmm. what advice do you have for folks who just want to get more involved in open source?
1: Pick a project that interests you. Find something that you're passionate about, something that, that you think, I want to get involved. I know it can be intimidating, certainly to start with, that there's all this thing going on, this huge, massive thing, but it's really not. I mean, we all kind of just started almost accidentally getting involved with free software so just doing a little thing and then just carrying on and on and
0: thinking back to when you got started in open source all those years ago which is a fun trip to take (laughs) what is something you know now that you wish you knew
1: then I think that I never really quite well I don't think anyone who was involved kind of really realized how much it would take off to be this mainstream thing. Certainly at the time we were all, I mean most of us were just a bunch of students basically who were just hacking on this stuff in their spare time and overnight and, and getting involved. The One of the things I think we're still struggling with and that we need to realize is, is how organizations and companies interact with free software and open source communities and their interactions and, and the tensions there, there there can be there. And that's something that's kind of happened, but I don't think anyone really realized that this was going to be a thing that that people got involved with, rather than just a small niche project over here. So in hindsight, a greater idea of trying to work out earlier how these interactions happen and, and sort of the norms of what we expect from organizations and from communities and how they're able to create something great together is is something that I think in hindsight we it would have been nice to know that there was going to be this this huge <laughs> eruption so we could we could have worked that out earlier.
0: It's so funny how things move so quickly. Mm-hmm. And one day you blink and you go, oh, wow, you've been a part of it for so long and now it's at this massive scale. Absolutely. Where it's everywhere.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So it's kind of a fun kind of journey to take.
1: Yeah, and that people are can now be paid to work on free software, which was Certainly in my wildest dreams early on was never going to be a, a thing. It was just this hobby we did while we did other work, which was our real job. That traditionally there wouldn't ever be any money in, so to speak, is, is something that kind of supports this huge, huge industry now with people getting involved with open source and being able to drive it forward.
0: Well, Neil, I just wanted to say that it has been so nice to chat with you today.
1: No, thanks for having me. It's, it's been really good fun. If you enjoyed this episode and you wanted to learn more about our open source program at Verizon Media or other technologies that we have available, please visit us at developer.yahoo.com. You can also find us on Twitter at YDN.